Right, welcome back to another LinkedIn live session. And uh, today I'm honoured to have two people on the phone. I don't know how it's going to go down. Um, Everything is all talking over each other, but I'm optimistic. Uh, on the phone, I've got Martin Court and Rob Short from Badminton England um, to talk about leadership and marketing and also reminiscing about the, uh, never mind the shuttlecocks. You both there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. See, Mar Martin, I thought for sure you'd just try and pull my leg again after telling me yesterday that the audio was off. <laughs> I, I was I was actually generally surprised that you that you thought that it was um, a, a joke. <laughs> Honestly, I panicked because one, one other person commented straight away saying, oh, it's a little bit quiet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah. we've got the first yeah. failure. <laughs> and, there, and there was a massive delay. There was a big delay in me actually saying I'm joking to, uh, to actually popping up. Yeah. So I so I'm sitting there watching you get slightly worried and not seeing my reply. Josh, Josh, you 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 quickly learn working for Martin that you take nothing he says at face value. You have to be very deft at this is this, this is almost the first lesson about leadership. Always keep your staff on your on their toes. Um, <laughs> you never take anything he says at face value. You always question everything, um, and uh, unless he asks you twice, don't do anything. I should have known. I should have known, but it's for them, isn't it? So, how are you both doing? How are you finding the uh, quarantine? We'll start with you, Rob. How are you finding the uh, the downtime? Because I think um, all of us after the uh, the event were probably ready for a couple of weeks off. Yeah, to be to to be completely honest, it's lovely. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you're absolutely right. I think um, that that uh, week in Birmingham was so intense, um, and we were very much in our own little bubble. Uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, I didn't realise probably the extent of what was happening in the outside world whilst we were there. Um, so, so coming off that, I was, as you say, ready for, for, for sleep for a bit. And I think then once I once I slept for about forty eight hours, the the sort of reality of of what was going on started to started to actually sink in. Um, so yeah, it was it, it's been a it's been a weird adjustment, but I think. Um, uh, I certainly for, for a couple of weeks, I'd already planned to be off for a week after the tournament and then work from home for a week. So yeah. it's only really in the past week that I've, I've still really noticed the, the, the difference. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I said to my wife, you know, we, we don't actually usually do very much sort of anyway, but it's now the fact that we can't go out and do stuff, which is, which is the difficult sort of, uh, adjustment to make. But, um, I think, it's sort of proving to me certainly that, that a lot of what uh, we do as, as marketeers um, can be done uh, remotely. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got a huge amount of content that we've, we've got from the tournament, from, from history and stuff that we're able to push out. So um, to be honest, it's, it's fine. Um, I'm, I'm just more concerned really like about, about people not heeding the, the advice, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that's my main concern. And I had to, uh, I had to stitch uh, someone up the other day. I had to go out and get a prescription and I saw someone who shouldn't have been out. Uh, I won't say who, uh, and they were out. So I had to stitch them up. Um, but I felt no, uh, who, who by the way, not with the police, uh, literally <laughs> with my parents. Um, so it's not, it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm sort of reporting people to the police. I thought you were there ringing um, the feds. But, I thought that's what you were telling us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was literally my, my, my grandmother was out. And, uh, so I've told my parents she was out. Um, but, uh, so it's not, yeah, don't think those are like, you know, don't expect any, uh, the police knocking at the door or anyone. Um, Robert, but no, it's, there's, there's no Easter egg coming, coming to you from your, uh, from no, my now. definitely not. 
struck straight away and apparently she came clean straight away as well to be fair she knew she was bang to right she couldn't she couldn't get out of it um but no it's uh it's been it's been an interesting interesting adjustment adjustment my uh my daughter has never seen as much of me um i think she's probably a bit sick of me but um apart from that it's going it's going okay Josh. that's good how are you finding it martin how are you doing just just on the doors piece i can definitely vouch for that because she was more interested in talking to me earlier than rob yeah um, it's true it's true she's sick of, she's sick of my face and then she got annoyed she was like no daddy i'm talking to martin <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, sorry carry on no so i, I think the, the the lead up to the championships is is always really really intense um and yeah rub's right following following the championships we kind of delivered above and beyond kind of digitally um from a content perspective for fans around the world and um a, a rest after that was was definitely needed. But in, in terms of the ways of working, I, I think one of the things that, that Rob and I have been lucky with, with having the, the London office, we've got used to working with uh, the head office in Milton Keynes kind of remotely. Yeah. Um, speaking to people a lot more on the phone and kind of over-communicating, I think, is a key thing here. When, when, when you're trying to get across a, a purpose and a vision to the organization, you need to over-communicate that anyway. But I think when you're based remotely, that's even more important. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting times. Um, we're using new technologies. Uh, we're, we're chatting to each other even, even more. We've got various um, virtual coffee meetings kind of set up so we can always put a face to, uh, to a voice. Um, but uh, I, I think organisations will come out the other end of this, realising um, how they can work very differently, and the whole kind of flexible working space I think will change quite a lot. Yeah, I, I touched on it briefly on one of the podcasts um, previously about sort of the efficiency of working, and um, one thing I found since getting our studio, so the first studio we had, and the second one, the, the big one that we're in now, um, I, I moved all meetings to be done at the office. So like one of the first things I did was making sure that if we, if we had to have any face-to-face meetings that wherever we could, we got clients to come to us because the amount of times yeah. that you waste physically traveling, commuting to, to meetings backwards and forwards, like it's unbelievable. And I found myself working more in evenings trying to catch up because I, I was too busy driving around, you know, visiting people and doing things. So being able to get people in house, in house and to the studio for meetings, it meant that we were so much more efficient. And then now I think obviously being forced into using uh zoom calls and, and various things like that i think it's um it's definitely going to make people a bit more productive you know as a business and i, th- I think it's i think it's just positive you know that's come out of it a hundred percent josh um and this is rob by the way not martin um but no uh a hundred percent um i think the technology's there um and and, and it, you know i i can only speak from our experience but it seems to be working so um, I think you're, you're so right. The amount of time you spend traveling to and from uh, meetings and stuff is just is just a little bit crazy. So I think that will be a positive uh, positive outcome. Really, is that, that in terms of business, you, you will, we will all end up saving time because we'll all be like, right, well, we can just do a Zoom call, and it's, it achieves the same, you know, the same uh, the same outcomes. Yeah, and what I also wanted to ask as well um, before all this, then I, I want to just sort of recap on the content side of um, of marketing and what you guys actually managed to deliver at the All England this year. Because um, I, th- I think a lot of people will have seen content on uh, all of your platforms, sort of leading up to it and during. But what was the sort of difference between sort of last year's events and, and this year's event uh, in how you delivered the marketing? Obviously, before all this chaos, just in general, what were you trying to achieve from it, and did you achieve it as a as a 
organization as a business? Do, do you want, so let me start on last year's yeah. event. Obviously, Rob, Rob wasn't here then. Then, then I'll let Rob uh, take a bit of glory as a great leader I am, rather than seeing <laughs> his thunder. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think the, the, the previous championships that we delivered, um, we, we we kind of struggled with, with content and kind of working out what it is we should be pushing outside of the broadcast feed. Um, and that, that partly comes down to resource, uh, time, kind of budget. Um, and we kind of did the bare minimum, um, the, the minimum that you'd expect to uh, to come out of a, a, a tournament. And where we've been trying to move is, is take that tournament into an event. And I think when you're in the event space, you're dealing with a very different fan and they expect a lot more from you. Um, and that, that transition led to us bringing on uh, Rob into the organization and wanting to have a very, very different approach to what content was there to do. Now, we own and host the world's kind of biggest, oldest tournament um, in, in the world. And we, we need to ensure for all those people that can't come to the event that they can experience it in some shape or, or, or fashion. Um, so I'll let Rob kind of dive into them, what it is we actually did this year, what that looked like, the results of it, et cetera. Yeah, so I, um, I've been working in sport now for about six years. And, and, and one thing that um, I, I've seen is when, when someone does event coverage on social media, that's the easiest way to package it up. When they do that well, the results can be fantastic. And it's not just... Um, it's not just live action. Um, people following at home want to see the whole thing. If you're in Indonesia, for example, and 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 you you know you're a huge badminton fan, the reality is that you may only ever get over to the All England once, maybe twice, you know, in your lifetime. So how can we take what's going on at the arena, not just the feed and, and the actual action, but giving people that sort of insight uh, and behind the scenes look uh, from their living room. Um, so I, I um, previously was at the Jockey Club um, and we worked with a uh, company who uh, specialise in sort of digital uh, coverage of events. Um, and we did a, a couple of our, our biggest festivals with them. Um, and uh, when I started, I said to Martin, that actually what we could do is sort of do our own version of that uh, in-house, but also with... Um, with a couple of like key uh, key external suppliers, um, so uh, what we what we did we created is we called the tournament content team. Um, we uh, created a uh, what we called the content hub, which is where all of the media, so including obviously shuttlecocks, um, where we sort of uh, started to put all that together. Um, which is something I think that hadn't happened before. I think people didn't tend to have a base, which I think was important for the team because they felt, and I certainly felt like we, we had this really integral place where we were in a great position for access to the, to the arena and around the arena, and, and it was a really positive thing. Um, and I mean, basically, we, we, we said that we wanted to uh, get under the skin of the tournament, so it wasn't just a case of uh, pushing out um, the, the broadcast streams. Uh, you know, we, we were desperate to, um, you know, there's one of the best bits of content we did was the winners' walk. So our corridor outside the content hub was where people walked down after they finished their matches. So following players down that corridor and, and being congratulated by people, I mean, some of our content actually exploded for that. And it's very simple. It's just phone. You know, it, it, the, the team go around with their phones. They send content through on WhatsApp. Um, and then there's someone in the in the central hub 
pushing that content out. Um, so, um, it, it, you know, <laughs> I realised I'm playing it down <laughs> as if it was the easiest thing in the world. Um, it's not, um, and it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of dedication, and um, our team were absolutely fabulous at, um, at it, um, which I knew they would be. Um, but it's really nice when you see these these people sort of regrow really into it and, and looking at good content and, and, and trying to work out what, what that entails really. So, you know, not just videos, it's photos. I mean, one of the best ones was uh, someone took a photo of the men's singles champion, Victor Axelson's bag, um, which he'd left to go and do media, uh, media interviews. And I just took a photo of that. We put it on Instagram, thousands of likes, you know, people love that sort of thing. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and it just worked. Um, so uh, that was the uh, that was the sort of social media side of the content. I imagine we'll talk about shuttlecocks sort of separately, um, but that was the main thing that I wanted to to achieve was was sort of doing it on a budget, but but allowing people a, a better look at what goes on around the event and, and inside the event. I guess. Yeah, I think. Um, like yeah, from, I think oh, sorry, go on, mind. Um, all I was just going to add on to that, I think when when you look at badminton as a sport globally. Um, traditionally, you, you see the broadcast shot, you see a, a court, and that's pretty much all, all you see that's going on. There's a lot more to these tournaments, which we'll see from, from other sports. Um, and the idea was it, with this was to bring all of that to life. Um, the BDRF have been doing a great job at, at pushing out different content, learning what works and what doesn't. Um, so that, that's just to kind of give a, a slightly wider where the sport was, broadcast kind of highlights content to actually what else is going on around the event yeah and i think what else you you, you managed to achieve was that again I, I think it's becoming more prominent even in the business world and just in the content marketing space in general is that delivery of like instant instant content because obviously like nowadays we live in like it's like instant gratification and it when we watch stuff on netflix we binge watch it we want to see everything straight away the best quality you know there's no no time to wait anymore and I think the, that you guys managed to deliver some unbelievable pieces of content after a game had just finished or after an event had just finished. And that's what the fans want to see. They want it, well, they want it instantly, you know, they want it straight away, which is what you managed to, again, you capitalised on it because you could see that through the growth of your channels over that one week, you know, every channel, every platform that you're on pretty much doubled, didn't it? So... Yeah, so I haven't got, I haven't done the full report yet, but um, in terms of Instagram, we had at the beginning of the week, we had 7,000 followers, and that's now 20,000. Facebook went from about 35 to to, to 55. Um, YouTube went from 60 to 85. Um, Twitter was a bit slower, but we still saw a really decent growth of a couple of thousand. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, um, it just exploded and, um, you know, we had loads of different streams coming in. So we obviously had our team going around shooting just simply on mobile phones. Um, we had, um, a couple of young guys, um, Snelsky studios who were just going around and shooting sort of short, um, short videos of, of, of matches and and what's going on around to quickly edit, push out on social, push out on Instagram stories. Um, and obviously we had a stream of highlights coming in and clips that we could use. Um, you know, there was so many, and obviously you guys doing never mind the shuttlecock. So we had so many different, um, and then obviously we have our photo access. You know, I, I saw that the opportunity was there because there was already a lot of this stuff in place and we just needed to grow it a little bit and give the team a focus, but also get some external guys in to just 
to just elevate things a little bit as well. And, and you know, we, we, I'm very pleased with the results, you know, with, uh, I, I worked it out, I think we had about 20 million uh, impressions on, on just Instagram, Facebook and Twitter throughout oh. the championship. To put that in context, the year before we had 24 million throughout the whole sales period. So from July to March. Right. And then this tournament, we had 20. That's amazing. Um, just, just in, our, just in our, a week or so, two weeks or so. Um, so it is incredible. Like the results are, are absolutely brilliant. Um, but it was it was through the hard work of the team um, and 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 you guys and and the other external external guys. But the the opportunities there, and like you know, as you say about the instant gratification, content. I, I keep saying it, and it's such a cliche, but content really is king. Yeah. Like if you post out something that the fans want to see, that you know the fans want to see, they will give you <laughs> the stats that then back it up. Like they will give you that. Uh, that uh, that that sort of validation. Um, so so it is really important to to particularly now as well to keep thinking about content. And a lot of companies have have latched onto it. I've seen a few who haven't, but a lot of people have realised actually what we should be using is in this sort of downtime where there's no live support and there's nothing happening. How do we keep our fans engaged? And how do we so that when we come out on the other end, they remember? Oh, wasn't it great that from our point of view, the All England was pushing out these classic matches through the years. Yes, yeah, so is that what you're doing? You're um, obviously digging through the archives as, as we speak. Your team is, and um... yeah, yeah, we've got. So I've got a really good relationship with um, Jeff uh, Hinder, who is the secretary of the National Badminton Museum, and he has an archive of, of classic matches. And I basically have been going out on social media and saying to our fans, "What would you like to see?" Yeah. Um, they've obviously been responding and then I've been going to Jeff and say, have you got any of these matches? And it actually worked really well as a system um, because basically you're just giving the fans what they want. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's very happy because obviously I'm giving the museum a shout out and, and uh, he, he feels like uh, they're sort of helping us get through this period. The fans are happy um, and, and I'm happy because, it, you know, oh, I miss badminton too, <laughs> you know, and I'll, I've been getting my, my fix watching some of these great matches. So um, it, it seems to be working really, really well. But I think that's so important in this this age of, of yeah, the content is absolutely key right now. Sure. Uh, so can we, let's touch on the, uh, never mind the shuttlecocks then, because obviously yeah. that were our bread and butter, that were our, what, what we spent our week doing whilst we were down there. Um what what was when the, you weren't looking for toilet roll? When we weren't looking for toilet roll and filming Josh Blood yeah. in the shower, obviously. <laughs> I, I mean, what I dread to think what you guys thought of us when we came down because obviously we just spent our week just having a laugh. To be honest, like we deli- we delivered on what we said we'd deliver and just spent the time enjoying and ourselves. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, but I think Martin, you probably agree with this. I don't know what percentage you put on it, but I'm sure you'd agree <laughs> um, that we had a great time as well. It was it was thoroughly enjoyable. <laughs> I was trying to think so really wispy to say back to you, but nothing, nothing came to me quick enough. Um, um, hey, look, it was it was great. I, I I've already said to to you, Rob, um, and and the rest of the people involved that I actually think that that was probably one of the highlights of, of my career. Um, and what I'm referring to is not me saying 100 percent a lot of times, but the actual show itself. Um, <laughs> It, um, yeah. I, I think one of the things that we really wanted to do this year was test and learn. Um, a lot of the content that we're pushing out 
fans hadn't necessarily seen from badminton. Yeah. Um, so we we really wanted to push the boundaries on that and, and not not be scared on on doing something that that hadn't been done before. And and shuttlecocks, never mind the shuttlecocks, was one of those things. So how would the fans react? Would they like that style? How would we get on as a free? Because prior to us coming on as co-hosts, we hadn't really worked together in that capacity. Yep. So there was a lot of unknowns. Um, but I think it goes even wider than... So just to give you an idea why we're trying to create all of this uh, content as well is as a as a product, we spent a lot of time looking at um, how do we how do we grow our digital audience? Um, and, you know, First and foremost, that is there to to deliver the fans what they want from from our championships, but it's also there to allow us to work with brands and bring new brands into the sport and grow the game a lot quicker. So things like shuttlecocks have, have been pulled together to allow us to go off and have conversations, create brand brand content, uh, new revenue streams for the event, so we can do bigger and better things. Yeah. Um. And and I think it really shows that if we're a lot more creative. Um, in in the sport, start producing things like never mind the shuttlecocks. We can really transcend um, the audience that we talk to because there there's 750 million fans, um, badminton fans globally, and 82 percent of that sits in sits in Asia. Um, and up till kind of the last couple of years, we probably haven't been delivering for them. Um, and and now I, I really feel we are. Yeah, the work that be the ref are doing us having a very different um, dimension to the way that we position content. Um, but but Shuttlecox was, was great. Um, I think we all enjoyed it, and I think it probably surpassed all of the expectations. But in fact, Rob, did we – well, we did. We did have internal expectations, right, in terms of what we were wanting it to deliver as metrics. But um, I think we're probably still quite open to see, you know, what, what, what does it do? What does it achieve? Um, Robert. Yeah, so um, we uh, we we had a sort of idea based on last year's uh, wrap up videos. Um, so that was a baseline of how many views had in total. Um, I had a target um, which I'm obviously pleased to say we we we, we beat and and almost almost doubled. Um, so to date, we've had about three hundred and fifty thousand views uh, on YouTube um, of of the sort of seven shows. Um, including a couple of them which have got 120,000 views. I mean, it, it, some of these stats are beyond my wildest dreams, to be, to be completely honest. Um, and then obviously on, on some of the, on Facebook, some of the shows, I think in total the, on Facebook, the promos of the shows have had about 5 million impressions. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's beyond what I thought we'd be able to achieve year one, yeah. um, because I thought year one is very much setting a, a base um and like showing people this is what we're going to be doing but you know i wasn't expecting such a good response straight away i think um i was sort of already looking towards two years two and three to be getting to the number we're already at if that yeah. makes sense yeah, yeah. um because uh it, it's a step change right it's not as much says it's not something that you know not just we've not done before but badminton as a whole hasn't really done um, so it was, it was a risk and, you know, I, I do say this to people and I'm not just, um, I'm not just, uh, I'm not just saying how great a boss Martin is, but, um, you know, it was a, it, it's a bold, uh, a bold call to, uh, allow someone who's only been in the business a couple of months to basically 
run off and create this <laughs> highlight show. Yeah. Um, you know, that is a bold call, uh, but fair play to Martin for, for doing it. And, um, you know, I think uh, he's I mean, also, I think it's really important to say that, that uh, the, the chemistry uh, between myself, Martin and Brian, we, we didn't know that that was going to work like that. As, as Martin said, we hadn't worked together in that, in that sort of, you know, I think Martin and I had done one or two practices before, uh, and obviously Brian and I had done the promo yeah. in, uh, in, 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 in Edgbaston. Um, but I don't think we realized how well it would work. And then it just did. And I think we were very lucky. Um, and, and I have to give him a shout out. Um, I don't know if he's listening, but Brian was, uh, was, was fantastic. Like uh, he, he was absolutely brilliant. Um, my wife preferred him to me. Uh, you know, she, he was he was absolutely superb, um, and I think it's important to uh, to recognise that. But no, look, it was. I think Martin says it was one of his career highlights. I mean, it's probably my career highlight, but I'm much younger than Martin, so um, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen in the future. I but, think. Um, <laughs> I think you're right. I think like even for for us as well. I mean, the initial sort of brief and spec that we got from it were almost like um, like a, a roundup sort of podcast panel type show. Like that was the initial brief, um, which yeah. I knew that it would be quite easy to achieve. And um, like one thing that I've always wanted to do with on every job that we've gone on, or any client is we kind of like under promise and over deliver. Like that's the plan. You know, every time we're yeah. going, I want to I want to just sort of. It's, it, you can see from the content that we've created before, like this is what we can achieve. So I, I'll, I'll go in and I'll set the expectations, and, and but then I always want to try and over deliver. And I think when we went into this, I wanted to try and bring that cinematic, really nice look, obviously having multiple camera angles and with a real, like a lean crew. There are only three of us, you know, like three yeah. really talented like individuals. And we just, for that brief amount of time from shooting and editing and, and creating it all, we just put 100% in, you know, for that three or four hours. <laughs> A day, and we managed to deliver. You know, like, now I don't know whether people are doing this on purpose or whether whether you're just yeah, you know, whether it's natural. Just assume we're doing it on purpose, Martin. I would, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's that's a really good point, Josh. And like um, you say, three, I would say two and a half. Um, no, that's unfair on Blue. It, I do apologise. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, uh, you know, you guys, you guys, I think it needed a team like yourselves and, and what I mean by that is three agile um, and, and, and and three people who've got it and, and you, you, you came in and, and you know I think we can very much say that it would look a very different show if we, we'd use someone else and um, you, you three really helped really set the tone of what, what the show was um, and without your input I don't think it would be the same show at all um, it needed your attitude towards it and, and, and that, as you say, under promise, over deliver. Um, you, you guys nailed it. And, and I, you know, I know that I'm someone who always asks for more. Um, and I think, you know, as you'll be very polite, but I think you were sick and sight of me by the end of the week. Um, but I, I really mean this when I say that, like, the, 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 your attitude towards it was fantastic and you're a very integral reason why it came out like it, like it, like it did. I appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah. I mean, again, like same to the the guys that came, like the Josh and uh, and Mike, that again, both amazing. And everyone's yeah. just, everyone's, we're all pretty laid back. You know, we understand what needed to be achieved and there were like a lot of pressure on it, but we all knew what we could do as well. So I think that along with obviously that you guys did really well with the delivery of it and Brian, um, sort of knocked it out of the park as well you know because obviously oh, they, were, it, yeah. they were a last minute step in weren't it because I came down to see you guys uh, a few months before and you were asking for mm. sort of a colour commentator 
And I'm like, I know, I, I know the guy, my mate, Brian Lacey can do it. He's uh he'll, he'll turn his on to anything and it just, it all worked. So I think I, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you guys were happy with it. And I'm amazed by the numbers myself. I mean, that day that we, um, cause every night we were sort of pushing them out at what midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Um, and then that when we kept, when we woke up the day after at like seven o'clock and it had already done a hundred thousand views. Um, that was one of them where we were like, Whoa, this is, uh, this has escalated quite a bit. Yeah, do, do you know, the, the thing that I love about that is that every time we bring new people to uh, to the championship, they always leave with a completely different um, completely different feelings around the sport. So mm-hmm. you had Brian that came in that said, I thought I was walking into a sports hall. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think it honestly shows the uh, the opportunity the sport has and, and everything that we're doing, driving it forward to capitalise on that because it is a massively untapped sport. You've got, yeah, 340 million people playing globally. I mentioned the number of fans. And, yeah, that surpasses a lot of these other sports that we think are bigger. Uh, so if we start getting all of this right positioning of the sport, continue with this kind of unexpected trends that everybody has, um, then, you know, we can, we can take the sport to, uh, to, to another level. But it, it, it requires us surrounding ourselves with, with people like yourselves. Like I, I remember when Rob came in one morning, he said, look, I found these three blokes. They kind of sound as if they know what they're talking about. Um, they should be all right at delivering this. And then you're right. You know, when you came, you over-delivered. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional, that impression that you gave to Rob in the first instance, but you definitely over-delivered to what I thought you were going to be doing. Um, <laughs> no, but on a serious uh, note, it, it, it requires us bringing people on board to get it all the way through to the guys that design our in sport that we work with. Um, we're all completely in sync and we get what we're trying to deliver. And that's, that's really, really important when, when you have a sport like badminton that you can see the opportunity, but to get there, you need really, really good collaboration. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like it, the whole thing, I can definitely speak for myself, obviously for myself and lads, that it were, it were a career highlight for us and uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm glad that it all uh, all paid off in the end. And that was the, uh, the the last job for us before all this chaos has come about. Um, so obviously we, we finished on the Sunday. On the Monday was when, uh, I think, actually the Monday was when I started this podcast, I believe. And um, that was the, the beginning of the end with the uh, current situation. So obviously moving on from that, I want to just touch on we, with you guys um, sort of leadership in this current environment. Um, Martin, you put a video out the other day. Do you just want to uh, elaborate a little bit on that, um, on, on the video that you created? My, my, my random in the car video? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, I can, think, I just, um, can I just say that I, I normally hate them videos. I normally despise them. I, you know, when people are just in the cars, just rambling. But yeah. like when it's actually, it doesn't matter where it's filmed, if you're delivering something of value, it, it's irrelevant and I think your video kind of hit the nail on the head there like it was very it was packed with valuable content and it, it sort of cut to the chase and, and said everything that needs to be said and I thought it was a good video so if you can just uh, elaborate on it don't, yeah don't worry Josh though I, I despised it so it's fine <laughs> one of us despised it so <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. It was great. Sorry, I think the, the, the things I would say now if we weren't live. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll call you afterwards, Rob. Don't worry. Thanks, um, mate. Yeah, I, I think look, it, it, it's a really interesting time for, for for people on multiple levels. And the reason I called that uh, video together was, yeah, we're we're having now more than ever to think with so many different hats on. 
um, on one hand, if you have got kids, you're at home, you're trying to homeschool, you're trying to get work done. And, um, and it, it, yeah, it's, it, it's a really, really tough time. But there was, there was a couple of elements in there that, um, that, that I thought were really, really important. Um, you know, one of them talked about taking a narrow view. Um, it's, it's very, very easy for leaders now to kind of really zoom in on the immediate problem that, that we have. How do we fix this? Whether you've got a decrease in sales, you know, wh- whatever it may be. Um, and not actually to kind of stay true to your longer term vision and your purpose. Um, so you need to still achieve that. And I think some of the great questions are kind of what if questions. Um, and, and this, this period should really inspire those. So what are the rules to engagement in your sectors and, and what are the what if questions? We can always go back to the great example of kind of Blockbuster and then how Netflix got created. They asked Netflix asked those what if questions all the time. What if you didn't have to go into store? What if you could yeah. you could take more than one video? And that's that's what companies should be doing now. Yes, we have a an immediate priority to ensure that we safeguard our organisation, um, that, that 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 we remain, um, that we create sustainability for it. But use this time really, really wisely because there's one thing that we never, never have enough time for. And it's it's actually thinking. We yeah. the, the digital world makes us feel as if we need to do everything instantly and we don't actually sit back and think about strategy long enough. We don't spend enough time thinking about value proposition. Um, So that's kind of what inspired that. And and then it also brought it back to the fact that, you know, a crisis is a crisis because it involves people. So when we're business leaders, we need to be thinking about our people first and looking after them. Um, Don't just skip to what's our share price doing, what's our sales doing, what our costs are doing. Yeah, there's people at stake and, and we, we need to remember that our business has got to where it is because of those people and you'll need them afterwards. And I think the businesses that look after this stuff now, they'll have a much loyal uh, workforce after this. Um, and I think it will really highlight the types of companies we want to work for, the types of companies we don't want to work for. Uh, and then I kind of jumped into kind of parents um, and being a parent and using this time to kind of really connect with with my family, I realized how much kind of the digital world and work has taken me away from quality time. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've, I've really enjoyed it. But, you know, don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's really hard trying to juggle all these things, but I've actually really enjoyed spending the time with my kids during the day. Um, but what it's shown me is that flexible working is kind of possible. Yeah. Um, well, not is possible, it is possible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was the general gist. It was my... I'm stuck in a car for a, for a moment, um, and you know I'll, I'll I'll take an attempt of pushing out a bit of content. But I think what this comes back to is content is really really important now. Um, yeah, going back to your point, a lot of your jobs have kind of um, dried up. But I think the role that you play and what you can add to um, to, to someone's business is is really really important. Agreed. If if you if you tail back on the content you're doing, you tail back on the marketing, you don't, you start having this mindset that people aren't buying stuff. They yeah. are, you know, alcohol, you know, 400% increase. Right? Yeah. But there's, there's, there's other things that people are buying. Yeah. Outdoor gym products. I tried to go online to buy something and yeah, they're gone. Yeah. The, the next time I can get something is, is kind of weak. So, so people are still doing stuff. And I think it, it comes back to how can you be really creative with what you're doing and position your brand, your product, your service, in the right way to be at the forefront of people's minds when they can start getting out of the house. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, had so- a, I had a bit of a rant on uh, on LinkedIn about it yesterday. I mean, because what I saw, 
I saw a video um, and it was a, a video creator. I've got a, a massive following on LinkedIn, like huge, you know, 20, 30,000 followers. And um, he'd been, he basically, he wanted to open up to his, his audience and he were crying on camera, explaining that he'd lost like 90% of his work. And, um, and I, I, I understand that obviously it's an upsetting time for everybody, but I also think, well, in the position that you're in, you've got a massive following. Yeah, you might have lost a bit of work, but it's not. It's going to come back. You know, like once yeah. once we're allowed to leave the the confines of his house again, people are going to have to start creating content. And the first people they're going to call is you know you because you've already got a big following. You know, so I don't I don't really understand. Absolutely. I don't understand why you're crying. And also, I think from a leadership standpoint, we now need to lead by example for our staff. You know, for our clients, and prove that we're not going anywhere. Like we need to instill confidence in the market and everyone that's surrounding your certain market that you're not going anywhere. Um, Definitely. That, that's that's all my well, view. Oh, yeah. I think as well is that there's something to be said for how do you, how do you see this? So how do you see when, let's so say whenever that point is in time, when life starts to return to normal, how do you see that? Do you see that as an opportunity or do you see that as, right, we're going to have to still stay locked down, like we can't do anything, we're just going to have to see what happens. Or do you see that as an opportunity to go, right, bang, here we are, we're back, you're able to leave your house, come and, you know, engage with our product, come and, you know, I, I keep always coming back to it, come and play badminton, you know, come and watch the All England, etc. So it, it really is, how do you see that on a long term? Do you see this as an opportunity, right, take stock, work out what we need to do so that when we get to that stage, we can come out all guns blazing and, and give people what they want. I'm really passionate about how important sport as a general concept, but also leisure, uh, you know, uh, basically things for people to do, how important that's going to be when things get back to normal. People are going to be desperate for it. I'm convinced yeah. that these things like, like sport, uh, cinemas, restaurants will have a boom come sort of September, October time if that's when, you know, things start to move back to normal because people will be desperate to go out and, and just forget about how rubbish <laughs> lockdown's been. Yeah, I, I so agree. I see this as such an opportunity for, you know, but for badminton as well, like this is such an opportunity for us to get things like in our heads, right, where are we going? What do we want to achieve? What do our our stakeholders want? Our fans, our you know, our community. What do they want? Um, and let's make sure that when we get back to normal, we're giving that to them in the best possible way. Yeah, I agree. Martin, <clears throat> Martin, do you agree? What percentage? No, uh, no I hundred percent disagree. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I do. I agree. No, I agree. I I, I think as we're kind of jump back into badminton, you know, one of the things that we look at instantly is the game is traditionally played in a sports hall right so now that's changed it's now played in the back garden so your rules of engagement have just changed and you need to ensure that your content follows suit with that so me and Rob have seen a, a massive increase in bamson across the fence bamson yeah. challenges in the house and and people like bamson England other federations other international national governing bodies need to use that to become relevant in people's lives again um, so the moment that people can go back out into the, um, yeah, into, into the world and start walking about, they're going to be thinking, right, we want to go and hire a band from court and play properly now. Yeah. So you just need to be really, really clever. And a lot of people will go back to the very comfortable operational kind of zones. Um, 
and and other people will see it as a big opportunity just to re repackage what it is they have and deliver it in a different way. And and those are the types of organisations that, that that are really interesting. Um, so, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, obviously, we've just been there. In the market in general has just been in the bubble, and you know the bubble's burst now. Um, we've 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 lived in comfort for a long time, and now it's going to be a case of you know what can you do to adapt and overcome. And I think, like I'm personally, I think it's really exciting uh, the current climate. It's obviously a terrible situation, but it's exciting from a, a business standpoint, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, from a content standpoint. How can we reinvent? How can we overcome these obstacles and come out on top? You know. Um, this is a time where certain companies can accelerate, um, you know, as market leaders, and and obviously capitalize as much as possible. So I find it, uh, I find it very exciting this current climate um, to, to obviously just get my head down, figure out what we want to do, and uh, come out even stronger. Yeah, I think marketing in general will 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 change, um, and I think that it will there'll be a bit of a leveling out. Um, I think that you increasingly find that it's all about budget uh, and, and how much money have you got to spend. Um, whereas I think that it, there might be a bit more of a, a equality aspect, that it's not just about how much money you've got, it's how you use that money. Yeah. So people will start to focus more on what they're doing as opposed to how much they're spending. So I think once you get marketing budgets for sort of big, big huge multinational companies, people are looking at ways to spend it rather than thinking, right, what can we do that is a clever use of our money? And certainly from our point of view, like with a, you know, relatively, uh, you know, a normal marketing budget, I'd say, um, what can we do to do things more uh, smartly yeah. uh, that, that, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't break the bank, but, but it's just clever marketing. And I think there will be more of a, look out for that and i think that that will people will find that there is like less uh less pressure on having big marketing budgets i agree i definitely agree well guys um we've been knocking on for nearly 45 minutes here and i'm, I'm conscious that i don't want to take up any more of your time um, any final words from you guys um for today's podcast M martin oh words Rob, of, i'll let you go first <laughs> words, of, words um, of wisdom Words of wisdom. Uh, I've said them before. I'm saying them a lot on LinkedIn. I'm saying them to everyone I speak to. Um, I'm thinking of maybe rehashing the phrase so that it doesn't sound like a cliche. But really, content is king. And, and if you're a business, if you're um, an influencer or you're a sports team or whoever, whatever sector you work in, your social media, your website and your email communications are the critical thing for you at the minute and people will remember if your content is good people will remember if you're making an effort to give them what they want um you know that is going to be absolutely crucial moving forward um so if i could give anyone any advice it would be concentrate on what you're putting out there now because you will reap the benefits as we move forward cool that sounded like actual advice <laughs> yeah i've surprised myself there send us your, cool. so send us your invoice there <laughs> yeah, just just so everybody's aware, Josh did did tell Rob that he was going to ask that question about a day a day ago. So <laughs> I've been crafting that written down. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I would um, I would basically echo that. I'd say you, you need to use this time really wisely. I think this is now a time where you can actually drive acquisition. They they may not be physically buying something now, but, but 
brand affinity, uh, so alignment with with your brand and and wanting to follow you as a brand, I think you can you can uh, disrupt the market massively. Uh, and when you come out the other end, um, you'll be able to turn that into sales. So I think now is all about building a re- relevance with with an audience and capitalising and moving people down down that funnel um, at a later point. But yeah, it's um, the, the the people that will come out the other end are the you know the disruptors, the innovators, the people that are able to ask the what if questions um, and spend just spend your time doing that experiment yeah. a little bit. Amazing. Well, thank you very much. Thank you both very much for uh, for being guests on the podcast today. Um, depending on how long we're in, po- in uh, lockdown for, we might have to <laughs> we might have to do a part two to this. Um, yeah, I'd be up for that. I, I, I really enjoyed having you both on, and uh, thank you again for, uh, for for joining me today and taking some time out of your day. No worries. Right. No worries. Cheers, Josh. Take it easy, guys. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Right. Right. Well, there you go. A nice insight from. Uh, the guys at Badminton England. Um, that just sort of goes to show how you, how sort of relationships can sort of build and carry on. Um, I didn't, I'd met uh, Martin for the first time on the shoot for uh, Nevermind the Shuttlecocks at the um, All England Championship. And we got, we had such a good relationship. Obviously it's carried on now afterwards. And um, I just think now is the time where we can sort of nurture the relationships that we've got with uh, our clients, past clients, future clients, and, and reiterating what Rob says, you know, you can build on your brand now. Uh, content is, is definitely king. And I think in this time now is when you want to be putting out as much content as possible so that people get a good understanding of you, your brand, your company, what it is that you're trying to achieve, and obviously innovating as much as possible to be ready to come out the other side. Um, like I said, from a leadership standpoint, we need to we need to establish sort of confidence in the market, confidence in our clients, confidence in our staff, Um they need to be happy and content that we're going to be here at the other side of it. Um, so I think as leaders, this is what we should be doing in the space. And yeah, just capitalizing on the downtime. You know, it's a blessing in disguise. I think it's, um, we don't often get this t- this free time to sit and assess. And like, I I, I certainly, I, I really, I'm trying to make the most of the time. And I've, I think everyone else should be doing that as well. So thank you again for those that have, um, have tuned in and commented and listened. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, I'll be back again tomorrow with another guest. Cheers.